You're listening to a new episode of Girl Damn Podcast with your host, me, Aeon. So sit back, relax, and listen as I unpack the uncertainty of my 30s one episode at a time. Welcome to another episode of Girl Damn Podcast, me, Aeon, and today I have a very, very special guest with me, somebody that's very important to me, somebody that we go back, and I'm just so happy just to have them and just to be in conversation with them today. Welcome the the iconic, the pioneer um, (laughs) in what we do, Zim Van Adams, how are you doing? Oh, First of all, that is a lot for me, but I, I, I'm i gracious and I appreciate you so much. Um, especially because, oh, keep going, keep going. Especially because, you know, through my entire journey, you have been in a very amazing, consistent support. Um, and I feel like it, it really does make me proud to see what you're doing in the media landscape and for you to invite me to be a part of it um, is, is an incredible opportunity because I, in, in a lot of ways, have watched you as well, like just on your academic journey, your life journey, um, you know, so, so yeah, being a part of this for me is, is important. And I'm, I'm really glad to be here tonight. Truly, I am. I'm going to drink my tea as we go along. Yeah, of course. Dr- drink yeah. your tea. Sometimes we sip wine on here. We're all adults here, but um, drink your tea. We want the, the vocal cords lubricated because we have a lot of things to talk about. So oh, I know. where I, where I want to start the conversation off, tell us a little bit about where you're from, um, how you identify and all of that, and okay. um, what you do now. Let's start there. Okay. So I'm born and raised in Baltimore, Maryland. Um, Baltimore's my stomping grounds. I've only ever lived um, in Philadelphia. When I first graduated from high school, I went to Temple University. Um, and in my 20s, I relocated to Los Angeles, California for a minute, which is where a lot of, uh, a lot of people discovered me. Over the years, I kind of took a step away from my online journey and I started delving more into, um, I wouldn't call it corporate because it's not so corporate, but I am in mental health. So I operate professionally as a behavioral specialist. Um, So I work with a lot of youth between the ages of um, eight and 18 who suffer from various maladaptive behaviors, emotional disorders, um, some with undiagnosed mental um, issues. I do now work with adults as well. A lot of my clients stem from the inner city of Baltimore, but they also exist in Baltimore County and some in Delaware as well. So that's where that that's where my like my root work 
is and has been over the past eight years. So we're so we're going to go back to where I first uh, met, formally became aware of you, and when okay. we had our relate our like internet relationship. And in addition to we both are Baltimoreans, yes. um, we both have in common we're Baltimore City College graduates. Yes, um, I feel like some of the best people that are out in the world or have voices come from that school I'm sorry facts are facts be mad but yeah but I met so for for the audience that don't know only I used to do YouTube back in the golden well not even the golden age we call it the dark ages of YouTube so like the like the late 2000s so from like 2006 when YouTube first started to like 2011 I was really heavy into making YouTube videos. And through that, um, there was a very strong L- Black LGBT presence of content creators. And you were one of those voices. You were one of those people, um, when you were active making YouTube videos, I will always watch your videos because you were so um, smart, you were so articulate, you were so passionate. And the one video that I remember was the video that you made in reference to um, supporting Isis King, who at the time was in the midst of her first season of America's Next Top Model. And you were speaking about um, standing up, being an ally against transphobia back when that really wasn't the thing to do, especially in the the Black LGBTQ community. Um, You were really standing up, um, being a voice, just... um, um, having a presence and just mentoring people like through your words and your presence. And I remember we connected and I don't remember if we connected online, but um, the first time we met in person and we, it was like some type of event in Baltimore and we got to uh, meet each other in person. And, and it was just great to know that somebody that was on the same platform that I was on came from the same place that I was on. And I, you know, I would just see you throughout the city, but um, th- those early days of YouTube were a very um, magical time. I think about yes. you, I think about the yes. Scorpion show when they were in their heyday, yes. Diamond yes. Styles, you, your boy knew, knew Alonzo Lerone. Can you tell us just about the zeitgeist of that time and what it was like to um, be a YouTube creator and how you got into doing that? You know, and I spoke about this actually when I did my, um, I, I did my live on Instagram back in March yeah. because, you know, it's funny. I think sometimes when you, organically exist in a certain space and during that time and you remember this was before anybody was talking about brands and building brands and and trying to you know the idea of being a content creator trying to get deals trying to build a career none of that existed like when we were on youtube it was during a time where people literally told stories for the sake of sharing, for the sake of educating, for the sake of um, critiquing, informing. I don't think many of us were there during that time to build or establish 
a career or to um, create this, this audience of followers who would make one of our videos go viral so that we could end up somewhere. Like that just wasn't, it wasn't a part of what being on YouTube was. And I think that's why for me, I think what happened during that time, I got a chance at least once to meet every single individual who was, who was an active member of that creative process. I remember being in, in LA and every Saturday morning I would get up and every Saturday morning I would record a new video that I spent the entire week, you know, thinking about planning. And because I was living in LA, being away from my family and my friends for the second time in my life, but the first time not like seeing them for months and months at a time, I was, and as crazy as this may sound, I was really oblivious to, to my reach because I never watched any of my videos again after I would release them. I never would go back and read the comments underneath my video. I always read and responded to what people sent me. So it still felt very small to me because even though I was getting, you know, messages every day, but I, I don't think I really understood the reach until I came back to back and then went to Atlanta for like, it was a pride when mm -hmm. I got to meet a lot of the other personalities and you know what I mean? For the first mm -hmm. time. But it's funny because during that time, I didn't worry about like money was not an issue for me. I wasn't worried about, you know, relationships. I wasn't conscious. The things that we sort of, or that I sort of, that is so conscious in my space every day, that time was, I, it was almost magical, not because of the, uh, um, the attention or the, the notoriety, but just because I was doing something that felt really good to me. I felt so good getting up every day, blogging, posting articles that other people in the world would connect to and would send me messages about I love the fact that during that period of time, I really did make time to respond to everybody because people today will send me copies, like literally of responses that I sent to them. Those were the moments that meant something to me. It wasn't, it wasn't as calculated. It wasn't as, um, right. it was just, it was so organic and it felt really, really, really good. Like I didn't even, I'm gonna tell you something. People say all the time about, you know, what my video meant to them or what, what I said, how this made them feel. But that was one of the best. I, I, I think that about that period, I felt at one of my highest spiritually. I felt at one of my highest emotionally. And I can tell you the honest to God truth, since that period, I don't think I've ever had a consecutive, I've, I don't think I've had years consecutively that have felt similar just because now that I am a real adult I have real adult responsibilities that I'm so conscious of all the time you know there's I don't know that I would ever have a period of time where I could just get in front of the camera and and release content and not focus on how it's being received and 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 how many views it receives and the engagement, everything now is so calculated, you know, even right. if I want to pretend like it doesn't matter, 
but it's hard for it not to because of what social media is compared to what it what it was. You know, it's it's very difficult to just to just uh, create for the sake of creating. I, I would love to replicate that, but I also realize now, like even in putting out the two videos recently that I have, that that time in my life has passed. It's like as much as I, as much as I I, I try to be the Zim Van Adams of yesteryear, it's just not, it 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 doesn't it doesn't feel the same because everything is so I'm too conscious of it. I'm I'm too conscious of of everything. Whereas before it was like I was just writing and recording because I loved it. It made me feel good. I had a lot on my chest. I had lived at least I had been out at that time for at least eight and nine years. And I was telling these stories about my life and things I had experienced. And it just so happens that what I was saying and what I had experienced, other people had. But now it's different because if you think about it, when we were creating, when we were telling stories, it was still a little bit taboo to do. Now, it's the thing to do. Like being trans, being gay, it's, you know, it's, 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 it's the trend, you know? I, right. It, it's, and, and, and so the content that we were creating then, releasing it now, it just kind of, you know, gets swallowed um, in, 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 the, in the mass content that's created by everybody else. It's, it's very different. I was having a conversation with, a, an associate of mine last Friday, we had breakfast together and he gave me some, some, some critical information that about, about my platform and how I display myself and, 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 and how I overshare. And he was just giving me tips about like, if you wanna get to this space, these are the things you need to change. These are the things you need to do. And, and I've really been sitting with that for the past week because you don't want to do any of that. <laughs> you don't want to. I think, I think, I think we're going to get to a part in a conversation where, and I think the thing that I like about our connection is that our journey, even though we're at different spaces, they kind of um, mirror each other because um, yeah. I think when you took a step back from Facebook, I took a step back, I mean, not from Facebook, from YouTube. I kind of um, took a step back from YouTube content because um, I kind of felt like I got to the point where at that particular time in my life, I didn't have any more short stories to tell. Yeah. Also, my life was changing. My um, my life was, and I was going through things that I didn't necessarily feel comfortable with um, revealing and I just I just felt like um especially at that point in my life at that point in my transition that there was just some things that I I needed to live life more before I could um get on camera and really um be this person I, it I became getting it would be a point where it would be be so hard for me to upload stuff because I had become overly critical like back, and this was back in like 2012 2011 
Okay. But I took us, I took a step back from like I was still in community and stuff, but I wasn't right. the social media um person that um people knew me, you know, as that version back then. So right, can, right. can you can you tell me a little bit? Because it, it was a period where you were you were where you were very active and you were posting, and then there was kind of a period where you kind of like receded into life, and yeah. the people didn't. So what like did anything precipitate that, or just you know what changes happened that kind of pulled you away? I so I noticed, and things have sort of happened parallel. So around the time when I started stepping away, it was also during a time where the content of Black LGBT creators was changing because reality television was becoming a, a larger, it was, it, it was taking up a larger space in pop culture. So, mm -hmm. you know, um, and I, during that time, was becoming very frustrated because I was transitioning into my 30s. And even though we're not supposed to compare ourselves to our friends, I grew up with my friends. My friends are not people from social media. My friends are literally, whenever you see me in pictures with people, these individuals have known me since I was a child, since I was a teenager. My, my friends are lifelong. So watching my friends sort of start buying homes, buying their second and third cars, really, you know, settling into careers. And I'm still financially <laughs> like struggling, not being able to completely take care of myself, living off of Google checks and things just wasn't enough for me, you know, anymore. I, I didn't realize the blessing. And, and that's the thing. It's like, during that period of time, and I'm, and, and I'm, even though people may not believe this, but I genuinely did not fully understand or know or see my reach. Because for me, and I don't, I know this, I, I, I don't want this to sound egotistical in any capacity, but for me, my whole life, I always received attention, especially in high school. High school city for me was, was, like Zach Morris on Saved by the Bell. Do you know what I mean? Like, so by the time I became an adult, it's not that I didn't care about all of that, but it doesn't, if you're used to something and it's always been a part of your life, it doesn't phase you as much. So it, some people hold on to social media really tight because it's like, this is where I get my attention. This is where I get my accolades. This is where I get my praise. Like, you know, so I've got to post every day that wasn't enough to hold me. And again, I didn't, I didn't fully understand that what I was creating had reached so many people. So I didn't understand and think taking a step back was a big deal. I just felt like I want to get my financial life in order. I want to, you know, like I want my credit cards again. I want my fully furnished place again. I want, you know, my various bank accounts again. I, I, I chose to go to run back to comfort the way that I am as an Aquarius and somebody who suffers from OCD, whatever I'm, I'm focused on becomes my major focus. So when it was YouTube and blogging, it was YouTube and blogging. That's all I did. I didn't care about anything else. It was just that. 
And so when I started working again and saving and, and, you know, putting my credit back in order and doing all of those things, I focused solely on that. But along the way, I literally, like, I stopped logging in online. I stopped reading messages. I stopped watching other people. Um, I became very detached. And when that happens, sometimes you, number one, your audience, they don't forget about you, but they're going to move on because they still crave that content. So they're going to find that content right. in someone in someone else. It, you know what I mean? And, and, and then around that time, you have, like I said, the, the, the content itself was changing. Now, everybody's critiquing housewife shows. You have, you know, Kid Fury and Crystal. The, the podcasting blows up. And I'm chasing the dollar. Like I am, you know, oh, now I'm making $60,000. Okay, now I need to make 70. I'm making $70,000. Now I want to make 80. Like I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make all this money. Then my son, who, who started off as a client, his grandmother dies. I, the family wasn't equipped for that. They weren't prepared for that. And I kind of then started wrapping myself around him and using my resources to, to you know, help him and, and, and keep him in school and, and keep him focused and keep him motivated, get, getting him into football and all these other things. So my life became like work, my son, money, and just, you know, anybody who I was romantically linked with along with just my normal social life, but I wasn't going out like that. Like I, I had stopped really clubbing. Um, and I didn't start really missing it until around 2000. It may have been about, oh, I know when it was, it was 2015. Because in 2015, if you go back, you'll notice, I tried to start coming back on and putting out videos and then I paid this videographer and his team to record uh, my friends and I doing like this. this the con- uh, yeah, I, that was gonna be that was gonna be my my that was gonna pivot to my next question. So before before you did the video in March, there were there were a couple of times where you peeked back out, and I remember yeah. one of the projects was the the and Dante Balenciaga was part of the the the. This is one of Dante's uh, shirts. Yes. Uh, Devious Designs, Black Lives Matter. He gave this to me during the pandemic when I wasn't proud of my body, so I never wore it. <laughs> and I told him, I was like, I'm gonna wear this for you tonight. So yeah, this is this is yeah, one of his. I, I, I love me some Dante. I love I love Dante dearly. But I've heard, he is a core, so, core figure. So what was that? So before we before we got to a couple months ago, you you were basically you were living life you were handling your business but what was what was that spark what like what was that thing that just brought you out just to peak like what was that before march you mean back in 2015 yeah back in 2000 back in 2015 and then if the the spark was still the same did it change like what was it that brought you you back? Because I believe what we start out doing, that's who we really are at our core, right? Yes. Like just yeah, yeah, yeah. the the create and that part of us it, it never dies. It's just life situations happen 
and you have to respond to those. But I, I believe that who we are and the things that we really want to do, those things in us don't die. And it's okay to let those things out every once in a while. So yeah. like, what was that part to, to make you do those things? My friend, Jamal. Jamal is, um, I talk about Jamal a lot um, because he is my one friend who, he will, like, if we go out to dinner or we, we're hanging and he'll just say something like, you need, to, you need to post something. Like, you have people who still care about you. You have people who want to hear from you. He will push me to, you know, like, he's the whole reason why, I'm being honest, he's the whole reason why I've been present during this time. But to go back to 2015, so Dante, Nate, and I literally every day in the year leading up to that point, we would talk in, in group chat. Um, and we would talk about a lot of issues and a lot of topics that I know other people are having in their group chat, um, their group chat communities with friends. I was hoping that on camera, uh, it would translate the same. Looking back at it, I mean, to be to be a hundred percent, I to be a hundred percent, I'm not now pleased with that project because it did not translate on camera the way that it does. But more so because we couldn't really use names and we couldn't use people's photos. Um, I I wanted something raw, but I also have to remember or had to remember that you know you can't people's business was still on the line. I thought that project, and I'm being, I don't know that I've ever even said this out loud. So now here I am, a vi I, I, I am a victim of this branding, this, uh, uh, you know, videos and, and, and programs propelling people into different opportunities. And uh, I thought, okay, I'll come back and I'll start doing, you know, putting out videos again, and I'll start sending these videos out, attaching it to, you know, my uh, media kit, and this will open doors for me to, you know, um, write for different uh, digital platforms. This will create opportunities for me to be able to, like, host other programs, and, you know, people will, will pull me to do this and do that. It was really, uh, again, calculated. Those 2015 videos, none of it was done purely. It was all done because for me, it was, all right, if I'm going to come back and I'm going to do this, then it needs to propel me into a different space. I need this to, you know, take everything that I was doing on YouTube and everything that I was doing on my blog to the next level. And I, that's why, you know, for me, I realize when you when 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 you in life sometimes do things for gain as opposed to doing it for the 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 joy, the love and the purity of it even if let's say that that content would have materialized into something, I don't believe that something would have given me the fulfillment that I was probably searching for then because it, it you know, I, I was doing it more so because one, I was pushed and two, because I was like, fine, if I'm gonna do this, then it needs to materialize into something that will take me to the next level. 
Um, because let truth be told, who wants to sit on YouTube creating videos for the rest of their life? I mean, if I look at if I look at anybody who started with me, if I look at the B. Scotts, I look at the Scorpion and Mikel, I look at Alonzo Larone, your boy Nunu, um, A Connection TV, um, ADTV. Yeah, no, it got to a point with everybody. And I know just from conversations or, or uh, even if I didn't have a direct conversation with them, but things that I, I've seen them do, everybody's intention at a certain point became, I want this platform to take me to the next level because it became at that point a possibility. We, we, we began to see that more, more can come from this. You know what I mean? So, yeah, me coming back out in 2015 was financially, I was very stable. I was very comfortable. And it was like, okay, now I want everything that I did in the past to take me, take me to that next point. So a lot of that was very, very a lot of that was very, very calculated. And I think that's why watching stuff now um those videos from that yeah i probably um, am not the most proud of because those are the ones that i probably rehearsed what i was going to say before i said um very planned I, I very much watched the numbers i would yeah it, 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 it was just very it was very very different it was very different for me um I, and i appreciate you for um being honest and um just just that level of authenticity because i feel like people people are not really honest with their intentions and i just know so when i decided to um come back in some type of like social media platform when i did my previous podcast with my um, former best friend i didn't want i didn't want to do the podcast for those same reasons, because it had got to the point that, you know, if I put myself out there and I do it, it has to be like this and it has to sound like this and just yeah. put it on that pressure to, we have to make this amount of numbers by episode yep. five. And yep. um, especially when, and when you put that type of pressure on yourself, you don't really um, sit in the moment. And the thing that um, I've learned from podcasting and for doing it going on three years now. Congrats on that. Now, now people people want, I think we're at a moment. Um, and this is why when you came back this, this last time, why I was so excited. Audiences now audiences now are smart so they know when people are trying to feed them the brand or yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The, the, they like they're sophisticated they know yeah people connect to authenticity and this is what i tell anybody that is starting a podcast and when you have to find a medium that works for you i like podcasting because i can do it by myself or i can collaborate okay. and i just I just like the low, the low maintenance um, compared to making YouTube videos. But people connect to authenticity, and one of the reasons that I want to do a podcast now, like I want to, it, it's beyond me just wearing my transness and trans, 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 trans. Like, okay, we get it. People have a familiarity, but people want to, they want to hear the other stuff that I'm dealing with in my life. 
because there are just so many things that are relatable about me and yeah. things that I'm going through. I think people now, they they like people who are willing to show that they are not perfect and that they're, right. they're not just polished image. And when you came back in March and you were, you were really honest about your journey, honest about, you know, how painful it was when you tried to put yourself out there for opportunities and they did that material. It really, really what I saw when you came back in March, you were really somebody that you were ahead of your time. You were ahead of your time. Um, also, we didn't get into it, but you um, wanted you wrote a TV show and you tried to pitch a TV show pre-streaming era, pre-digital right. TV yeah. era, and yeah, yeah. because when you're a pioneer, you're you know you're going to get um, bruised and people are going to tell you you can't do this, you can't. Now, if you were to come out with it or you were to, to be innovative like this, it will be a whole market for you. But back then. It they, what? But somebody I said, YouTube, I said this. It's so funny because I, I I said this. I, I think I was talking to Derek Briggs. As a matter of fact, I do sometimes feel like we were out before we really should have been. Because I swear to you, and I'm I, you know, people who know me in real life can can attest to the fact that I'm telling the truth. I would literally go on pitch meetings with BET and at that time, and I, I can't say his name, but at that time, the the vice president of, pro, of original programming was a gay black man. And he was the first one to say to me, well, you know, he was familiar with me. He was familiar with my, my online, I, I guess that's how I got the meeting. He was familiar with my online content. And what he wanted for, for me was what I was pitching to him. He wanted that to appear on there. I guess at that time they were, they were, this was before streaming, but they, they had something in the works that would be like people could log on to their website and watch content. And he was saying that there would just, there would be this section of, I guess they were calling it alternative programming. And I was just kind of like, well, that's really what I'm doing now. Like I'm trying to come off the internet. Like I really want to, I probably still should have run with that opportunity. Um, but again, me not having the knowledge that I do now and the understanding about if you start here where nobody is occupying this space and you do really well here, then you graduate. You know, it was for me, it was like, oh, you know, I'm, 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 I'm tired of this, you know, this isn't feeding my pockets. I enjoy it, but I also need to make money. I want to be in front of a larger audience. Cause again, like I said, I'm not aware of, even though I could, I could see the numbers on my videos and things to me, what I didn't understand also was that there were people watching me who never were subscribed, who never were following my social media. They were still watching my, cause I could have 10,000 subscribers, but a video that's been watched 134,000 times, you know what I mean? People are aware of you, Zim, but in my mind, it was like, well, I can't even pay my car note this month. And I can't, you know, like I can't even do this. And I, I, you know, I, I kept comparing my life financially, where I was financially at that point to where I was before I moved to LA, looking at what, where my friends were. And I got frustrated because it wasn't just BET. It was, well, I don't want to call out all the 
but it was yeah you're not have to call out the names but but i just definitely it was frustrating being rejected time and time and time again and i actually had someone who is a, a a a a big presence um in pop culture right now a female who got behind me and helped uh, pitch my material and even with her it was just kind of like and it's funny because when I see some of the things that are out now and I'm like yo like you know if I would have just waited you know like six more years seven more years but there's things going on in my life right now that and I don't were know. they a result of the video or they were just they, were they a result of you coming back on Instagram or were they the just things that are happening like, now? Yes. You don't have to say what they are, but um so so what I'm talking about, it is so if I start talking about it, I might get emotional. That, that's all that's I just want to let you know that, that, that okay. it, it could it could happen. I've been doing a lot of prayer. Now, I'm not a religious person. I am very spiritual. My relationship with God, I want to, even though I was raised to believe in God and to pray, I genuinely believe that my relationship with God really became strong while I was living in California. And I say that because, and I don't, I don't speak about this very often, but there are certain moments in my life where God has said certain things to me and I have learned to listen. I mean, older people will tell you this kind of stuff, but when you're younger, you don't understand because if you don't have a relationship with God and you don't have a connection to the universe, you're literally looking for those words to sound like you talking to me, me talking to you. Right. The reason why I know something is getting ready to happen and I, I can't even tell you, I, I, I don't know exactly what it is, but the reason why I know that something is getting ready to happen is because of the fact that certain people who have, <laughs> it's, it's wild. There are certain people right now who are being removed from my life that if you were to ask me or were to ask me if this person would be standing beside me at my father's funeral or my mother's funeral, I would be like, absolutely. There are certain people being taken out of my life right now that I thought would be here forever. There are certain feelings about my job and my career that I never had before that are starting to, to, to surface. How the things that are happening right now is what happened before I moved to LA. So I don't know what this means, but you know, when God takes people away, you're in transition. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes when a woman who's been trying to give birth or wanting to get pregnant for so long, finally gives birth and has a daughter, the grandmother in the family dies. Or, or you know what I'm saying? Right. Um, you look at 
when Jennifer Hudson, and this was while I was in LA, when Jennifer Hudson's career started soaring and she's winning Grammys and Oscars and things, her family, her mother, her brother taken away from her. When we're in transition and things for us are, are happening, things we've prayed for, it's a part of the sacrifice. I've never asked for, for it, but I can tell, and here's something else, and this may sound really stupid. What I'm getting ready to say may sound really stupid, but for me, it is a big deal. So I always, one of my, and I, and I, and I talked about this in my, um, in my live, one of my biggest insecurities, my, my only physical insecurity was always when my hair started thinning. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I've, I've worn hats my whole life. So it, I, it wasn't initially, I wasn't covering anything up because I, I love hats, always wore hats. But when my hair started thinning, you know, I always tried to, to hide it. And it's like, I always knew that in life, if I ever truly wanted to be in media or on television in front of people, I wasn't gonna be able to hide behind hats forever. And it's like, now I'm more comfortable than ever. Like I've never been so comfortable just showing my head, but I, because I always feared that. I always feared, this may sound stupid, but I always feared that an opportunity would come and I would have to be in front of a lot of people, but the the producers or the directors or whomever would be like, you can't wear your hat. You can't have your hat on. And, and to me, that was like, that was a fear. That was like a really, 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 that was a big deal for me. Small things, little things that I, I, I never really came to grips with or understood or paid attention to are happening. So I don't know what the transition is, but I know that something's getting ready to happen just because of, it's like the people that are being taken away an individual that has just like come in a lot of certainty that I'm having that my time at my company is wearing down. Whereas before I I felt like I could retire here. You know what I mean? Like I've been here almost 10 years. I'm, I'm praised here. I'm very acknowledged here. I'm given a lot of, recognition here. I love my work. I love my clients. You know what I'm saying? And now I'm at a point Well, I'm not going to go so much into it, but it's like, I'm, God is starting to show me that there's life beyond this. And I know in the beginning of this year, I said, before I even came back online, I said, this is going to be a year of change. I do not want to celebrate another birthday in the same position. I said that. And I don't really can't tell you exactly what's getting ready to happen, but I, I know it's something because the way that the universe is moving me and moving people around me, it's almost like, you know, I just heard you say something about your ex-best friend. I don't, not the kind of person has a lot of drama in my life. I don't have a lot of, he say, she say, fights, problems. I don't have a lot of that. So when people leave me, or leave my life, it's not because something happened. It's not because there was a fight, there was an argument, there was a discrepancy. It's not because something happened, you know? So God is making room. 
And I don't know if it's for somebody or something, but God is saying they can't be a part of this next chapter. And it's like, I cried about it. This, like, I'm being honest. I mean, I literally cried about it. But then I realized like, Zim, listen, you pray. And sometimes your prayer, you pray and God is going to answer it and it's going to make things happen, but it's not going to be designed exactly the way that you may have pictured it. You thought that he, he's protecting me. And so I have to be okay with it. Because if I try to hold on, then it's in a way you're blocking your blessing. I don't know what this person has said, done, could have done, would do behind my back. I don't know. I don't know. God has seen it. So this person's been removed. It's, it, it, it hurt me, but, you know, I'm ready. Yeah, yeah I, um, I, I believe that when shifts happen, the universe will make your life, it'll make something that was once, some, once comfortable, very uncomfortable for you to get you up out of it. And uh, speaking of my ex-best friend, who even though things didn't work out with us um, business-wise, which led to our relationship, I still love her down. But it was just signs that I was seeing in reference to us moving to the next level. And I kept on ignoring it because it's like, this is my friend. I love her. But, and we didn't have a blowing up, but I decided I have to, I have to stand on my own and remove myself from that situation because when I started doing the pod, I didn't initially want to do the podcast. I was just fine, like living my life. And be- But once I started doing the podcast and I got into, it, it kind of felt like a purpose and I got more serious about it. And it revealed to me that, but just because I'm taking it serious doesn't mean that other folks are going to take it right. serious. Right. And that as some, our configuration it was necessary for that phase, but I was going to have to, and I had a lot of reservations about stepping out on my own and I was scared and I didn't know if I could do it and it, I was comfortable, but um, ultimately that came to pass and I um, I had to step out on my own and um, though I miss our friendship and our on-air dynamic, um, I'm really good in the space that I'm in. Um, I really feel like I'm um, giving folks the most authentic um, version of myself. I don't, I'm not hiding anything. I don't have any secrets. And I feel like I have so many stories to tell and and whether this podcast does successful or whether one person listens to it, I'm I'm very content with that. And I I feel like my creativity is opened up in a, a whole different type of way. Like, um, I want. I, I would like to transition into just television writing, not not to get rich or anything, but I feel like podcasting opened up. It, it's given me the confidence to want to pursue other creative sides of myself in order to yeah. um, fulfill my my soul. Um, because j- just making money and being successful and being a, while that stuff is great, um, it's not the end all be all. I mean, and you really, and the beauty of this time is that you can really be anything that you want to be if you if you have if you have the passion, if you have the yeah. right people around you that are going to encourage you, that are going to link you to their networks, and um really, and it, it sounds like you have that, like you have that one person here, and like you should do this, like you should, and we all need friends like that around us. That, that I going. that I do. You're no that that, that 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 I do. Yeah, um, they're going to hold us up during those 
dark times or even when we don't think we have it in us um, to do it. And I'm I'm happy that we are both on the other side. And it, it warmed my heart so much just to see you. Um, first of all, just to see you on Instagram or Instagram, you know, whenever somebody that, that doesn't usually come on Instagram live, when you see them go live, it's just like, oh, they're on live now, they're on Instagram. So when I saw you on Instagram, I was like, oh, all right. But just to see you just be so vulnerable and really tell your, and just to still see that that spark that I saw when I first saw your video in 2008, like that, that same innocent, um, genuine spark to see that that hadn't died through all of the natural progressions of your life and to still see that in you, to see that fire. And however that's going to manifest now, I'm really excited to see whatever it is that you're going to do because I know at the center of it is going to be you. How did you feel after you uh, made that video, and what was what was what was the response after, after the live? After the live, yeah. Let me tell you. So you know, when I came back on Valentine's Day, I had posted a picture on Valentine's Day, and then three days later, I posted a picture for my birthday. That was supposed to be it. I was going to go back to my life and just you know what I mean. I just wanted to to, to tap in, and Jamal had was pushing me, and I was like, all right, cool, whatever. The live, when you say certain things out loud and you receive that energy from people and you haven't been around these individuals for so long, it reminds you of the, the, the familiar feeling. It felt really good, but at the same time, I wish I could, I wish I could sometimes be on social media the way that other people are because there's a large part of me that still feels like I have to respond to every message. And that's why <laughs> Jamal and them, Bilal, they be like that. You don't, you know, you don't got to put that kind of pressure on yourself. Just enjoy being. I don't want people ever thinking that I think that I'm better than them or too good, but it, it does become overwhelming when you're just wanting to share and just post a picture. But if you have, 130 comments. I don't know how people just ignore. And I don't know how, how you can feel good about just not saying shit to people, knowing that they can see that you saw their message. But it's like, I want to be on social media now. I really do. I just created a, a close friends list so that it's like I can share myself and not feel obligated because these people like know me and so right. you know what I mean we can text and talk and they're not going to take it personally it's it's very different but that was also advice that was given to me uh during my breakfast as well you know I'm gonna be very transparent with you and very honest with you I I am not right now in my life I don't want to create anything for the sake of just creating it if I take my money and my time to produce a show like For the Boys, which I think is a, such a phenomenal, just a phenomenal piece of work. If I am to do something like that, I want that project to, you know, be shopped at festivals. I want, you know, to be able to pitch that project to networks. I want something to come of it. I'm not putting my money, my time, 
my effort, my energy into something just for the internet because it's, I've done it. And, and the internet does allow us to, to create and share with mass audiences, but I don't know any creator, honestly, like not in my age bracket. I don't know too many people who literally use their money and, and their time to create work and they're really satisfied if only 500 people watch it and you know nothing and nothing comes of it. God bless you if you do, but I'm not in that space anymore. Like I, I, and maybe that's part of the problem. Maybe part of the problem is that I'm looking constantly for something to, cause that's how I am. When I go to the gym and I work out every day and I'm sacrificing and not eating donuts, but instead eating this and this, I wanna see my body change. When I go and see 47 clients in a week and I'm doing all these reports, when I get my check, that check needs to be large enough to take care of all of my bills, put money in savings, give money to my son and shop if I want to. Everything that I put out into the universe tangibly, I do want to return it. Like that's just, and, and I think that, that 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 also became a part of the issue for me. I, because I didn't understand my reach being online, for me, it was very, it became selfish. It became, oh, I'm doing this for nothing. I'm giving so much of my energy. And at the end of the day, I can't even take care of myself. I'm not doing this anymore. It, it's different if I had some, if, 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 Jamal, if Jamal was, if Jamal was talking to me then the way that he talks to me now, then I would have understood that God was using me as a servant and that he was using my voice to reach people who were missing his message. If I would have understood that then, then maybe I would not have run away so much to just feed myself. And I would have grasped the idea that that period of time wasn't about Zim and about Zim having a career or Zim this, Zim that. It was about everybody else. I was serving the people the way that I serve people now. Um, but let me ask you a question. Do you sometimes feel like, does it sometimes frustrate you that you're always looked at as the strong? strong person. You're the person who everybody comes to. You're the person always fighting for everybody else. You're the person always fueling. Don't you sometimes feel like, well, like, when do I get to, you know, like have some, have someone or something fuel me? Does that ever, do you ever get that feeling or does all of your fulfillment come from giving? Does all your energy come from giving? In, in these last um, recent years, um, I've been, and matter of fact, one of my first episodes of this particular podcast, I talked about how I'm over being the um, dependable friend. It's just that, yeah. um, especially with this next phase of my life, I want to, I want to do stuff for me. Like it's about my pleasure, my me um, being selfish and fueling my dreams, and, and part of that is actually being able to vocalize the things that I, that's why I'm thankful for the time that I was away and I, I didn't have the pressure of performing to a camera because yeah. I really got to know myself in such a deep and intimate way so that now I can be on this other side. This is, these are exactly what I want. These are my goals. And this is the direction I'm going in. And you're either going to be with me or you're going to have to get off the ride. And I think um, 
once you get very clear about your dreams and what direction that you're going in, um, having those conversations with the people around you and really asking for what you want, that's something that's become very easy for me, especially now, especially um, with my, my podcast, like trying to, it's not like, it's, it's not enough just for me to have the conversations and curate the conversations. Now I have to kind of go out there. It, it's not enough to just know that I have the gift, but I have to go out there and curate my audience and be consistent with them. And, and it's, it's, not, it's, it's not about a brand more so it's about me knowing how I, knowing that I have a gift and learning how to um, have my gift and what I bring to the world, how to have it sustain me. And that's what I love so much about this particular time is that just through different mediums, you can you can leverage the special unique thing that you bring to the world and you can use it to sustain yourself if you mm -hmm. want this con if you want this content if you want it to look a certain way then the audience has to invest in it and the beautiful thing is about curating your audience and curating your base especially when they're authentic and they feel connected to you what i've learned is people will support you like people will find it, like they won't just send you messages that people really believe in what you're doing. Um, they will open up their, and I even do it for things that I like, um, for things that I want to see content for. People will, because pe we're getting away from the uh, people feeding you what they think the art, like people want realness, people want authenticity. And mm -hmm. if, if you're consistent enough, and you're not trying to, and people are sophisticated. They know when it's not authentic. Yeah. Um, they'll support you. And th the fact that I had the same consistent amount of people that listen to the show every week, um, people financially support me on Patreon, that's a blessing to me. Especially when I didn't think one person would support me. And it's mm -hmm. just growing and growing um, and growing. And that's I think now people want, people want control. Um, people want to, whether you want to be online or whether you want to go the traditional route, people want to be in control of their work and really infuse the, the, the trueness of who they are into the things that they're putting out into the world. Um, and I think that's what um, is beautiful about this time. And I think what's unique about us is we know how it was um, yeah. and we've lived so much life that now we know how it should be. And we you know we have that um, awareness that most people don't have. Um, so I- So you, so, you- Go ahead. Are you like, how do you, perf because I think for me, one of the biggest hurdles, I cannot tell you how many people in my life and in my audience keep trying to push me to do a podcast, but I know that that requires weekly oh like you every single week yes. you need to release a series where do you find the the the, the energy the balance to to do your day-to-day -day and then every single week perform is it so is it, is it so now how i have so my previous podcast we did stuff every week and that burnt me out um i'm not gonna lie that burnt me out so now with this particular podcast it the the feeling comes in waves. So I, you okay. know, I have some, I have some times where I'm really productive 
And then I have some weeks that I don't post nothing because life is too much or, or okay. work is too much. But I, I'm, I'm very, I think I've curated an audience where um, my audience is very gentle with me and I'm very transparent. Like I need a break. Like I okay. need a break. Y'all know what I do. Y'all know this is not my only thing. And my audience is very understand. And I'm very gracious that when I do be get in my swing and I am feeling productive that I am, because at the end of the day, I'm not a robot. I'm human. Absolutely. Um, I, I go through life. Um, so I, so, and also don't, every, everybody is not meant to podcast. It takes a certain, it takes a certain love of the medium and just like learning the ins and outs. You have to figure out which medium works best for you. Now, right. YouTube has changed a lot since we've been on there. And, um, but if YouTube works for you, it's fine. If Instagram Lives works for you, you can that that's fine. If TikTok works for you, that's fine. If um, You know what I want to do, though? You know what I want to do? Which is, so, I would love if, if you remember, like, I mean, you started off saying, YouTube was a different space when we when we started. I would love if something else somehow came about where I am a part of that that building phase. I am so when podcasting became a thing and we, you know, everybody started. I mean, podcasts podcasts were always out, but people it didn't become a thing for in pop culture for us until what maybe six years ago, seven years ago. And so what I'm saying is that I would love to be a part of something that is just starting out. Um, and I don't necessarily even mean online. I'm just talking about a program of sorts, like um, when Real World in 1991 and 1992, it, that, that was, that was a, a, a new form of, of television, of taking these seven strangers and putting them in a home. I'm just saying I would love now to be a part of something that is just being introduced, something new, um, something that hasn't already been oversaturated. That kind of has been a part of my prayer. But more than anything, like I would really, really love to do a teen summit type. Like I would love to host or even produce like a teen summit type show because the individuals in the audience are that's my son. Those are my clients. These are the, this is who I work with every single day. And I could blend my professional background knowledge with, you know, my personality, um, my, my speaking, my passion, my creativity, my ability to produce. I would love to do something like that. I, but I, I know for a fact, I can tell you, I don't know what, what the transition is. I don't even know if it's really career, but I can, there's, there's, a lot changing in my life right now and it's not by mistake like I know it's because I never started any other year within the past eight eight I never started a year saying this is my last birthday working as a full-time behavioral specialist and as a part-time family service counselor this is my last year doing this this is my last year you know solely focused on my son and my financial portfolio. I said that, and I had never said that before. You know, this was my first year networking. I had, I've, I've now had communication with Candy and, and Don Juan and like, you know, the cast of, of the new series. 
I wasn't networking and talking to people like that. You know, I had really fallen off the grid and I was, I was cool with it. But after that March 1st live, I knew, I knew I was like, I can't keep pretending like this doesn't matter to me. Like I can't keep pretending that I'm good just making six figures and, and, and taking care of my kid. Like I can't pretend that, that, that I don't want this. I, I, I can't, I can't lie anymore. And that's why I was saying to people, don't let money dictate your life. Mm-hmm. Because the truth is I can eat out seven days a week. I can shop at any store I want to. I can go on any car like it, but I don't care. Right. Like I literally don't care. You mean when you look at my I hope that when you look at my social media, it doesn't look like, you know, I'm dangling things in your face. I mean, I may show my life. And because I have things, it may be a part of what, but it's never the focus. I'm not that person. I really, I don't care. I'm at a point in my life now where as long as I can feed myself and pay my bills to keep my credit where it is, you can have everything else and let me just be creative. Like I'm serious. Like I'm serious. That was the biggest mistake I ever made in my life was moving back to Baltimore to fix my credit and make money to, to be, to live a stable life. That was the biggest mistake I ever made. And I'm not saying for people to quit their jobs and be a starving artist, but if God is allowing you to create and you are reaching other people in the process, and this is something you actually love doing and, and he's making a way for you to do it. You are a fool to walk away from it just because you have to decide between paying an American express bill and going grocery shopping. Like you, you, you do not turn your back on an opportunity like that because it just, my experience has my experience. I can't speak for anybody else, but my experience has shown me that no matter how many times I've tried to get back at it, it does not feel the same. It, it just, once you've kind of, if you look at, even if you look at like, look, look at like singers, artists, once they kind of like step away and stop recording, when they try to come back, they'll have their core fans there but it's very hard to like really propel yourself. You got to do something different. You got to really step into a different realm. That's why it's like, for me, I don't believe that I can come back on YouTube. I don't believe that I can, I can come back and just record video. I just don't, I don't think that would ever work. It, It has to be something else. It has to be something different from that in order for me to be fulfilled i i love watching i don't even want to call him funky dineva because i i i i don't i look at quentin and funky dineva as two separate entities and i love it genuinely i i can sit and watch every video that man records and he is somebody who i really like i truly would love to work with him i would love to do something with him not a youtube video i'm just saying like in the future i would love to work with him um I, I, I see myself paired with, with certain people. Like I, I, I really do, but not doing a YouTube video. It's like something, something else where we are, you know, speaking or using our personalities, but in a different, in a different way than kind of like I'm used to. I don't know what's going to happen, but I just know that 
getting up every day, going to the gym and working and, and, and this ain't it. This ain't it. Well, I think, I think you made a big first step by admitting that because there's so many people out there that feel the same way that won't even um, admit it for like a number of, especially for black people. Cause we are raised to like um, culturally, like you get a job and you stay there yes. and being in this generation um, or just being in this time, you don't necessarily, things don't have to be like that. You can make money and you can follow your passions. They don't have, those things don't have to be um, separate, separate from one another. Um, uh, yeah. And however this manifests for you, I, I, see, I see you um, doing something where you are living out your dreams and that you're that you're going to be so happy and like I just like I feel like I feel I the energy. You saying that. I feel the vibe and the fact that you said it it it's going to it it freed so many people on that day and it it was reaffirmation for me um because I just I just started a new job but I had to it's it's a significant pay cut but oh, wow. and even though it's not and the job that I was at before, I was it was the most money I ever made, but I was unhappy. Yes. And I, I didn't need to be there a long time. I knew six months and I got to get the hell up out of here. And yeah. You know, you know, you know. Yeah, you know, you know, and you get the hell out. You, ha yeah. you, ha and you have to, when the door opens, you have to go through that door, no matter how uncomfortable or how you have oh, to go through that door. Well, first you have to tell yourself the truth. And I got to the point where it's just like, yeah, I gotta find me a new job. Like I, I vocalizing it, saying it, saying it to other people, and then um just following the steps. But I think that um even though I know that that's one of your your biggest regrets not staying, um you having the you deviating and having the story and still identifying with that passion, I think that's a bit. I think that's an important thing, and I think that is what's going to fuel you to get you to whatever next chapter that you're um, meant to be in. But I see I so many things you saying that to me. I do. I, I genuinely appreciate you saying, especially because I know that you've watched me and meaning not watch me as in, or, but you've, you've, if you, if I was, ha if I was speaking in Baltimore and you're in Baltimore, you would be there. If I, you know, was having something online you were present. You've watched, and so I know that you saying it, it's genuine and it's true. And I and 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 I and I hope that. And here's my thing, and I tell people this all the time: I am never, ever, ever going to forget the individuals who turned their backs on me and followed me once they realized I wasn't Zim Van Adams in the moment. And I'm going to remember sisters like you, who 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 celebrated me and supported me in the interim. And so when the time comes and it's like something really is happening, I'm never going to forget to come and, and, and bring others along. And when I do interviews and talk about things, the, the, the black LGBT media who I, you know, who, who I am going to support, because I, one thing I have learned, like it's very true what they say. People will attach to you when they think that you're on the brink of something big. The moment they they see like, oh, well, he's not really like they really will detach and pretend you don't even don't even exist. It's like, wow, you know, 
I, I, I love and receive messages like that because coming from you, I know it's genuine because you've, you've always just been so encouraging and motivating. Um, I hope that you don't lose your fire and that you don't lose your passion for what you're doing, especially online, because I do know that this is a very thankless space. <laughs> and you, you know, it's like, but for as long as you take care of yourself and your needs are being met outside of it, I think that it makes it a little easier to create when you're not depending on the audience to pay your bills. If you're not depending on the platform to keep your head afloat, if you, you know what I mean, when you're, when you're able to balance both worlds, it makes it it makes it easier to do. Um, that consistency is big. That's why I applaud all of you who can do it because people don't realize it is not as easy as it looks at all. And, it's, and again, it's not for everybody. Everybody is not. I mean, it's not for everybody. It's everybody is not called to to do it. So yeah. if you're not, don't try to pretend. Don't, don't try it. Yeah, it's not. It's I not applaud for you. I applaud you. Like seriously, you. And I don't even, you know, and I don't, and I don't podcast. This is only the second pro podcast program I've appeared on. So I don't really know all that goes into it. I have seen some of the editing process very recently, um, but I don't know all that goes into it. I just know having to cut, create topics and, and deliver weekly, <laughs> engage your audience, promoting all of that. And you don't have a team helping if you're doing it by yourself. Yeah. It's a lot of work. It's a lot. So yeah, I I I pray that you stay on your path. And especially because you know something right now, and I don't know how you feel personally. I mean, th this could be a whole other conversation because I have my own personal issues about the way that trans stories are told in, in mainstream media. But Well, I can't ask you this question. I know we're running out of time, but let me, I, 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 do, I, I am curious about how you feel. Do you feel that trans stories are told in a balanced fashion from the perspective of ground level? Like, do you feel like when you're watching your trans sisters on screen that the stories are being told accurately or that balance is being given to y'all's narrative? Or do you you feel like there's a missing voice in the writer's room and that someone, and I don't mean yourself in particular, but someone like yourself who lives in a major city amongst other black trans women needs to be in those rooms sharing, you know, telling those stories. What, what is your perspective? I don't feel like my, my, and my story has been told yet and not my okay. particular story, but what I represent. I don't, and I love Pose. Pose was a water, Pose was a groundbreaking moment. Pose was a, a watershed moment. And Pose will forever be a moment in time to, to let folks know that this is how you do it if you're tra telling trans people of color narratives. Uh -huh. I think we can go even further. I want to see fat women on. I want to see fat, dark-skinned, trans women as the center of their yes. own narratives. Yeah, um, yeah. And... I know that to create that show, um, to have that type of show, I'm probably going to have to create it. And that's yeah. why 
I want to get into just screenwriting and television writing because yeah. I don't think anybody I don't think anybody else is going to make that show that and not even just to serve my ego, but just to tell our story. I know what you mean. To show how unique it is, but to also show how it how it's so relatable to other people. That's that's one of the things I love about um, t- television and st- and as somebody that watches a lot of TV and a, a lot of movies. Um, it's it's so much power in seeing that representation on screen. And yeah. I don't think I don't think my particular story has been told yet, but I take it as a challenge that okay, I need. And for the past two years, I've been trying to just set some time aside so I can at least knock that um, pilot script and maybe yeah. send it out because I, I was actually researching like the screenwriting camps that they have, and especially okay. with now that Black Lives Matter is a thing, everybody wants to have the, the I don't I don't know what could happen, but I know that if if that story is not out there, then ultimately I'm probably gonna have to write it. But yeah. I I I want to rise to the occasion. And I and I absolutely positively think that you should. You know, it, it I feel similarly to to the way that you do. Only I think for me the only difference is that with the way that certain stories were told, I kind of feel that wrapping things, wrapping our lives in a bow, in a fairy tale bow, isn't serving the community. Well, I don't know, because a lot of friends would say to me, but Zim, you got to remember it's television. And you also have to remember that the creators don't know if ever another series like this would be created. So why not give these characters that fairy tale ending so that if, you know, if this program is time capsuled, you see that, you know, all trans women don't have um, that, that uh, negative stereotypical ending. Like you can have the husband, the child, the career, education like these things are possible because there are trans women living they're trans women i know personally intimately who are living it you know so it's not unrealistic i think probably for me i was expecting too much (laughs) you know for a a three season eight episode per season series i was expecting too much to be told or too much to be to be shown um but I'm, i'm being told there's another series that's out now um, that I need to check out. I can't think of the name of it, but I know it's another ballroom series that's supposed to be coming out on Amazon Prime. Oh, yeah. It's um, I don't think it's out yet, but it's in, and it's supposed to be like set in modern times. So I'm um, is it, I is think it scripted? Is it scripted? yeah scripted? Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. I, I haven't I haven't heard I haven't heard of that. Okay. Interesting. What I'm hoping that's- is that pose is not a flash in a pan in that right. it just opens the door. Like, I hope it's not a Noah's Ark thing where we don't get something Thanks. else another 20 years. But Thanks. I think the di- I think the difference is, and now because we're in the streaming and digital era, it is more, it's more, oppor- it's more opportunities to get a bite at the apple because every platform wants their own Um, program so now for me it now will be the perfect time to write something and just and make sure it's copyrighted because i don't need nobody stealing my stuff and trying to because i I know my stuff is good 
Seriously. Um, but, um, yeah. I, I feel like I feel like more complex. Um, and also who we're choosing to center in these stories. It's no shade to the exotic looking trend. And you know, they exist, but um, I want to see more diversity within the um, diversity in these stories. Do you and do I, you believe do you believe that um, do you believe that it is a con it was a conscious effort on the part of production to do that? Do you believe that things like that just so for instance, and I'm not just saying it for the sake of this conversation, but to me, in my opinion, the episode where Candy was killed and her funeral and the way that they had her talking to her parents and her family, us getting to really delve into her character more in that one episode, I saw in that moment that Candy could have been a centered character. Do you sometimes think it's conscious that, oh, we're not going to put the dark-skinned girl there? Or do you think it's more of, well, MJ and India, they just did that film together and we need two trans actresses who, you know, have experience. Let's use those two girls. Do you think it happens by circumstance or do you think it really is a conscious choice? I can't, I can't, I can't say if it's con the colorism is conscious, but we know in the background, it always plays a, it, it, it's always at play. So we, we never, we don't know if it was a conscious choice, but at least in those first two seasons, characters appear how they appeared and they were received how they were received in part uh -huh. of the um, colorism. I think uh, Angelica, because she's had the most experience, she was one of the better actresses um, on the show. Um, but I think when they came back for the third season, you know, they heard the critiques because the critiques yeah. were out and they, you know, made adjustments where um, they could. But going forward, you know, that's just something that we just have to be uh, mindful of. And I also... Agree. We have to, who are we giving chances to be behind the scenes and to really, um, to really lead a lot of these things and, you know, yes, who, who are gatekeepers, but, um, like, like I said, I'm up for the chance, like, I, like, I have stories I want to tell and not, I know you do. Yeah, I just have so many, um, stories I want to tell and also I just don't, and what I tell people all the time when people reach out to me, I want to be an attorney, don't let this, don't let this title um, make you ever think that you're not you're not going to be black and you're not going to be trans because this profession yeah. is going to um, remind you of that yes, all yes. of the time and you have to be connected um, to your people and and also you have to do other stuff outside of this title that makes you you because it's, yeah. you're not going to be fulfilled by this thing or by the, the money that you can make you have to be connected and be in tune to other aspects of you. You get um, cause it, I, yeah. Because you you're not gonna you're not gonna want to do it forever. It gets old. You, it gets tired. You and you're gonna want to you want to you want to have permission to explore other yeah um, sides. Yeah, absolutely. No, I you you get it. And, but I but I know that it takes experience. For you couldn't have I couldn't have said this ten years ago, fifteen years ago. I I you couldn't I couldn't have said these same things I knew I knew in life that I always wanted to be successful but I did not understand fully that 
success does not equal six figures and, you know, uh, your ability to buy and give and purchase. I, I just want to get to a space in my life ultimately, and this might be a good place to wrap. I want to just get to a space in my life where for me, success is I can take care of myself doing something I love while also still acting as a servant and, and, and my work somehow inspiring or teaching or motivating others because a lot of people can't, a lot of people can't say in life that they were able to do something they love, take care of themselves, and at the same time, you know what I mean, encourage and motivate others through through their work. That's ultimately my goal. And, and I know that I'm not I'm not there yet because I do love what I'm doing right now. I do. I'm not going to sit here and say that I don't. I love what I'm doing. But there's this other larger part of me that I feel like oftentimes I have to ignore it and pretend it doesn't exist in order for me not to get frustrated or sad or upset, you know, waking up every day only doing A. So I'm glad that you, you're, you're, you're aware that your profession and what you do is a part of you but it's never going to take the place of what your deep-rooted passions are. It just doesn't. It, it, it'll pay your bills. It'll make you feel fulfilled in the moment. You'll be great at it because, you know, it's, it's, it, you're an academic. You're a scholar. You're going to be wonderful at whatever you put your mind to, but you're still going to always need this in order for you to, at the end of the day, feel like, I am accomplished. You're always going to need this or something like this. Everybody does it, but people like you and I do. And we're, it, it's foolish to, to, to act like we don't just for the sake of being able to cope. And so, yeah, this year, this year so far, starting off on a really great note. We're not even six months into it. I feel transition is happening. So I'm not going to push against it. I don't like everything that's happening, but if it's going to ultimately get me to where I want to be, look, I surrender to the process. Like it, you, we, you have to, at a certain point, you have to surrender to where the universe is taking you. Otherwise, you know, you block a lot of what's, supposed, what's aligned for you. Um, and I'm not doing that in my life no more. Like, that's, that's I'm done. Zam, thank you so much for doing you this. <laughs> you, are, you, you are so important to me. And I just, I just hope you know how important you are to the community, to the movement of then and to the movement of now. And whatever you do, I just hope that you feel loved and you feel appreciated and that, Thank you, love. that we that we re, like we really respect your voice and we really um look to your voice to guide us and thank I you for being that. Always. so where where can the people find you at if they want to um connect with you or so on instagram and on twitter i am zim says x-e-m-s-a-y-s um my website is not presently up, but if you want to watch the old videos that we were speaking about earlier, youtube.com forward slash Zim Van Adams, X-E-M, V as in Victor, A-N-A-D-A-M-S, Zim Van Adams, and Facebook, 
I have two Facebook pages. My name is Zim Van Adams on both as well. X-E-M-V-A-N-A-D-A-M-S. So I'm either Zim Van Adams or Zim Says uh, across social media. So yeah, come and see will, a lot. Yeah, I will have links to all of Zim's um, social media links in the show notes for the show. Um, thank you all for supporting the show. Make sure you comment, make sure you rate this podcast. If you ha- if you have any reactions, make sure you send an email at girldownpodcast at gmail.com. And I will see you all on the next episode. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Girl Down Podcast with me, Aeon. If you like the show, please be sure to go on over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review this podcast. Also, make sure that you're engaging with me on social media. Also, if you have any inquiries or you want to send me any questions, be sure to email me at girldownpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, bye, (laughs) y'all.